All right, Boz, here we go. Another good one today. Gonna, we're going to help out a new coach. Yes, sir. I think this is a very noble endeavor that our young friend has uh, embarked on. So, yeah, I can't think of a better way to spend a little bit of time. Before we do that, I have to stir the pot on something. Uh-oh. And nothing to do with you. Do you remember, it was a while ago, but there happened to be a show that we obviously didn't intend for this to happen. But both of us had on the same t-shirt. It was from the uh, New York Fire Department, their yes. barbell club. Yes. Well, well, that show went to air. And then I just received in the mail. Oh, that's this, pretty awesome. This NYPD wow. CrossFit sh- uh, shirt with a, a letter that I'm going to read one little part right here that says, Coach Pat, now that you have an NYPD CrossFit shirt, you can probably discard that FTNY <laughs> shirt you've been sporting. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love it. <clears throat> I says, love it. Just kidding. We love our firefighter rivals. From uh, how fantastic is that? So hopefully that sparks a good, a good police fire department uh, debate there in, in well, New York you City. Know, every year during the open, those guys have a big throwdown against each other. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, hopefully that uh, starts to add some embers to yeah. the fire. I, I like it. <laughs> all in all in good fun. Okay, let me get back back to business here. So this was a question that was posted on an episode. You harvested it, sent it my way. It's great. Mm-hmm. It is from Rich Matthews. He says, I'm somewhat new to coaching with less than a year's experience. I've been coaching part-time at a local affiliate, but I'm in the process of moving to a different state. In that process, I've lined up a coaching job at a local affiliate in the area I'm moving to. Being the new guy, stepping into a coaching role in a new gym, I know there are several ways I can step on toes or mess this up. Do you have any recommendations on things to focus on as a new coach, things or behaviors to shy away from, and just any coaching advice for a relatively new coach? Thanks for the content. So great question and um, beneficial to a lot of people. So it'll it'll be a good one. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, right out the bat, right off the bat, I think it's really cool that he's moving to a new state, but he's already got it lined up. It's already priority for him to continue coaching, which is awesome. Um, so sounds like there's already a little bit of strategy involved, which is nice. And the fact that he's got the wherewithal to ask a question surrounding how do I do this in the most effective way? I think that's humble enough to ask exactly. And enough self-awareness to, to understand that, you know, you can really dramatically impact the outcome based on how you start. Uh, so yeah, first impressions are going to be important, I think. And it sounds again, like the, the self-awareness is there to, to kind of understand that. Um, I think it's kind of fun to start on the opposite end of the spectrum and just identify huge don'ts, you know, and I think oh, this is okay, true. Good. I, just, I had some do, so uh, that's, <laughs> okay, I don't have cool. any don'ts, so that's great. Go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, I think it's true regardless of whatever you start up new, like you, you get injected into a new group of people, you start doing a new activity, um, you know, get introduced to um, whatever, somebody you've never met before. I think there's some broad social things that are always going to leave a wrong impression. And number one is just being so inflexible and <laughs> coming into it with an attitude that you already know a superior way of doing the job at hand. That oh. is never ever going to be an approach that people will uh, take and run with, (laughs) with any sort of positive outcome. Won't be warmly received. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, if you're a new coach, an experienced coach, or anywhere in the middle, if you show up to a new job and you say, hey, all right, 
Everything that you guys have done in the past is probably wrong. I've got a much better way to do this. I'm not interested in hearing what you have to say. We're doing it my way. That's going to be a disaster. And that's obvious, right? Like it's, it's comical. the savior. Commit as the savior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you'd be surprised at how many times people do that without such kind of grandiosity around it. Um, you know, I think a oh, lot of times sure. people, yeah, they're a little bit defensive maybe. Uh, you know, they, they don't want to be... Um, taken the wrong way. And at the same time, they, they don't want to be uh, put in a position where their expertise is discounted. And so they play a little big, so to speak. And that can come across in a really poor light if it's not managed appropriately. So even if you're not coming in guns blazing, just be aware of the fact that, you know, if you are painting yourself as the expert and it's unyielding, that can be a rough start. So that's number one primary thing to avoid, in my opinion, when you're stepping into a new situation. And I'll just say that I've been guilty of that. Oh, I think we all have. I mean, for I... sure, for <laughs> sure. And especially in my younger days, I wish I could go oh, back yeah. and, and shake some sense and be like, you're not coming off how you think you're coming off, you know, do, doing right. the opposite. Don't don't come in like a peacock into this new environment. It's like just a little more subtlety would probably go a really long way, especially mm -hmm. when you're bluffing about the cards that you hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Yep. So um, I've got I've got a list of like ten or twelve things that yeah. uh, are more of the do's, you know. And uh, I'll just gently make my way down. And if you exhaust your list before I do, then I'll, I'll kind of bulletize them at the end. But sounds good. You know, I thought it was the new coach that I think this goes without saying, but we should say it just because if we don't, somebody will go, well, I can't believe, of course, as a new coach, you should be showing up as technically competent as possible, given the mm -hmm. fact that you're a new trainer or coach. And you should be continually looking to pursue education opportunities, increase your knowledge base. That hopefully is so profoundly obvious that we didn't need to say it, but we're going to put it out there anyway. So that, that being said, uh, we've touched on this in a, on a previous show that the presence and attitude goes a long way, right? Like your, your skill set is going to be, you know, you're a new coach. There's going to be some things that you don't know yet. That's okay. You're on the path. But what you can control is your presence and attitude. And you, as you talked about, you know, how you come off to people, how you interact with people, the soft skills, if you will, especially when entering a new environment. And that is going to pave the road you know, from the moment you walk in and shake somebody's hand you know, or don't, you know, that's going to be a really big deal. So that's kind of wrapped into Absolutely. what you kind of wrapped into what you said. So I won't beat that down too much. But the one thing I'll say specifically um, to draw on an, an intentional point there is on top of all the other things, technical knowledge, you're showing up to some place, you're a trainer. So I think you do this anyway, but a great trainer really cares and this mm -hmm. is something that Glassman used to make a huge, um, a huge deal about, and rightfully so. And it's not a fake care; it's a true, genuine care. You know, not too many people get into the training business to, you know, retire in Maui or the beachfront home. Like you get into it because you really enjoy helping people, and you're invested in their progress. And the other side of the room, the people, the clients, they can tell when somebody new or not. That's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, truly cares about what they're doing and, and wants them to get better. You could have a seasoned coach that's just so technically sound, but their bedside manner is terrible, and you're not even sure if they really care about you at all. They're just barking orders at you. Or you could have somebody 
with much less experience, open to learning, and you can really tell they're all in, I think that's going to go really far for you. So don't be mm -hmm. afraid to let people know how much you care about them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of that when you're a new person stepping into an environment like that, especially a professional one, is there's going to be a large period of time where you're listening and learning a lot more than you are putting things out on your own. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. the day-to-day, -day, like you said, the technical skills of coaching, you're going to be giving direction, things like that. But you, know, you have to understand that you're stepping into something where there is a base culture. Everybody's doing CrossFit. You know, you've done that at the previous um, facility that you worked at. You'll be doing that again. The movements aren't going to change. The basic points of performance aren't going to change. However, within that, you're going to see lots of different things emerge. Priorities on different ways of teaching things. Priorities on what movements are more important in this particular facility versus the one you came from. You right. know, everybody's kind of got their pet uh, uh, way to approach CrossFit. And that's fine. There's a lot of different ways to do that effectively. So listen to that. Listen to the uh, the type of athletes that are showing up day to day. That's likely going to be a slightly different population than the one you were used to. Um, the coaching personalities, even just something as simple as where the gear is kept and what the expectation is on members to manage that gear. You know, there's a whole host of things that you're going to need to be able to uptake really quickly that kind mm -hmm. of fall through the cracks if all you're focused on is I got to show up and knock this class out. So, you know, that's a big aspect of it, obviously, but give yourself a period of time in the beginning where you really start to bring yourself up to speed with the culture that you're stepping into. Um, and don't make assumptions that it's going to be a, a mirror to the one that you've come from. There'll be some mm -hmm. overlap for sure, but make sure that you understand there's going to be some differences and, and that's great. Yeah, Jim, you know, each gym has their own etiquette, right? Their own, yep. their own deal. And yep, you got to immerse yourself in that because that's your new home. And it, and it relates back to what you said. Don't be like, well, at the last place I was at, we did it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. maybe down the road, if you're sharing a coffee with somebody and somebody asks for input, you, you can, you know, well, I've seen it done a different way. Have you ever contemplated this? That's fantastic. But on the, you know, the day one of you guys are running this place, ridiculous. You know, that's not going to go too far. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, um, how to phrase this one? You know, sometimes when you're new in an environment, and you want people to like you because you're not a, a sociopath, you can not, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is tell the truth. That's what I want to mm. say as a trainer, tell the truth. Now, you want to tell the truth judiciously, which just means with good judgment and good sense, uh, and not with just irreverent, you know, callous nature. But you're going to walk in there, and as a trainer, part of your job is to hold people to a high standard, to push people uh, appropriately, you know, ideally pushing them a little bit more than they want to. And in classic like CrossFit level two stuff that they say all the time, it can be an easy crutch that you just walk around and just you continually just say the word better that comes out of your mother. Oh, good, good. No, excuse mm -hmm. me, they don't say better. They say good. Oh, good. That's great. Good. That's great. When it's not good and it's not great, that's lying. <laughs> So I would encourage you to tell the truth. And that doesn't mean you need to squash somebody's dreams, but you want, you want to be known as a coach that walks that beautiful line, tells the truth, um, knows what the standard of movement or whatever it happens to be that, that we're achieving, that we're, that we're going after, you know, what it looks like, and help people achieve that high standard. You know, most people don't want to be held to a low standard. 
They also don't want to be held to a standard that's totally unachievable. They, they want to be pushed, appropriately pushed. And you being a truthful force in their life is going to be critical for that. So instead of walking in and just telling everybody a bunch of comfortable lies so they like the new trainer, <laughs> I, would, I would recommend telling the truth judiciously. Yeah, and I think that ties in really nicely to your first point about, you know, if you've established rapport with somebody, it's clear that you have their best interests in mind, that is going to be a lot easier for them to swallow when they do get faced with some of these hard truths about maybe their movement quality or their technique, for example. If that's coming from a place of genuine want to improve them and you genuinely want the best from them, they can see that it's going to be a much smoother road. So yeah, I think that goes hand in hand. Um, So I would say as kind of an adjunct to this idea that you're going to spend a lot of time learning when you step into a new environment, uh, the next step along that path, in my opinion, is when you encounter things that are done a little bit differently than what you might have been used to in the past, see if you can step back and rationalize why that might be the case before you either speak out against it or um, you you start questioning what that method is or why it's there. See if you can reverse engineer it in your own mind and come up with the rationale that might have led to that. And if you can't, no big deal. At least you've done the thought experiment and then you can have that conversation in private with the owner or the other coaches and you can figure out and get to the bottom of you know why that approach was put in place. Um, and so I guess that's another one that kind of stems off of this whole concept is, and you mentioned it a little bit, but you know, criticize in private uh, if there is criticism to be done or question mm-hmm. in private is probably a better way to put it. Um, and and try to hash those things out and get clarity on them before there's anything that is transpiring in front of members or other coaches, you know, get that kind of clarity up front. And then, you know, the next steps can unfold from there. This is another one that, that maybe I haven't massaged the verbiage as much as I possibly could, but we'll just get it out there and see if it sticks. Remember I, I like that, off the cuff, Sherwin. That's good. So. Remember that you are the least important person in the room. Hmm. And what I mean by that is that's not downplaying your technical knowledge. You know, in many senses, you are the leader in any given time. But what I mean is, as the coach or as the trainer, when I say you're the least important person in the room, what I mean is you should have this sense that everyone else's needs during this class are superior to your needs. You are there for them, you know, to make sure that you add value to what they have going on. They're the paying client, you know, they are there to get the best of you. Mm. And so you're not there to, I don't know, brag about your numbers or to, you know, whatever it happens to be, you are there for them, you know, not the other way around, even though it is a symbiotic relationship and you're certainly going to learn from them and benefit from them. And it is a community, but you are the trainer, you are there for them. And during that one hour time frame, I would say that, you know, your needs are subordinate to theirs and their needs are superior to yours. And that's even though you are in a, a leadership position. And quite frankly, we don't need to go down a rabbit hole of leadership, but that is actually a part of leadership is those mm. who are below you, you serve them. You know, they don't serve you in a way. And mm-hmm. so it is all kind of wrapped into that. So I would just throw that out there. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, I, I guess... One thing I would say that kind of goes hand in hand with your previous point on truth telling and, and kind of ties into what you just said there too is, you know, being honest with people when you are in that leadership position and you are new in that leadership position 
um, when you're not sure about something, when somebody comes to you and it's, you know, you're a new coach and you don't have the technical knowledge, it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to find a solution for you. Or mm-hmm. maybe it's a procedural thing. Hey, can I bring my buddy in to drop in on a Saturday class? I, I'm new here. I don't know the answer to that, but let me find out and I'll get back to you. Amen. I'll to shoot that. You, yes. You know, I'll shoot you a message. I'll email you or whatever. Um, you know, that kind of transparency goes a long way when you're the new guy, um, because people have a pretty innate sense of when somebody's trying to get one over on them <laughs> yeah. you know? and they may not be able to articulate it. They may not be able to put their finger on it, but even something as simple as like, Hey, why are we doing this? And you try to create something that you're not certain about, they're going to know, and it's going to start to chip away on that relationship. And before you know it, they're not as receptive as listening to listening to your coaching cues and and you're not sure why well that's stemmed early on when mm-hmm. you tried to pull the wool over their eyes for something innocuous you know so be honest yep. with people yeah i would say don't lie and don't guess and and yeah. most likely whatever you have going on you're not in an emergency situation right. and so whatever it is if you don't know it's okay if they wait a little bit it's okay yeah. Mm-hmm. hey yeah like I said, i'm not sure let me let me circle back to you on that place ain't burning down you know, we're going to be, yeah. you're going to be okay. And, and you will earn so much long-term credibility. And as simple as what you just said is, it's so difficult for humans to do that, to just, so many people have been guilty of it myself countless times. You put on the cuff and you just throw something out of your mouth because you just don't want to admit that you just don't know. Yep. It's okay. It's all mm-hmm. good. You know, it's a, you know, no one's expecting you to be a deity. You're just going to walk in there and, you know, do a really good job. Uh, yeah. Okay. The next one I have on my list here is, <clears throat> and this, this, you know, the things that I'm throwing out here, some of them are trainer specific, but I tried to hmm. make a list that almost didn't care if you were a trainer or not. You could be yep. your first day at Boeing as an engineer. I don't care. It's like wh- wherever you're going, these ideally are principles that would just serve you well, and they fit really well as a trainer also. And the one I have on my list is under promise and over deliver. You know, like I think that's just good stuff in general. There's no need to walk in talking this big game about how you're going to take three minutes off everyone's friend time. Like, whatever. it's like, you know, like, hey, hey, you in the back corner, you're going to have six back abs in two months. Like, just just go in there, be competent, be courteous, be professional, be sharp and care and just do that really well. Do all the fundamentals. Don't try to do anything overly fancy. Do the basics and do the basics really well over and over and over again. And that will deliver huge results because we all know that CrossFit actually works. And we all know the power of the community. And we all know that if you follow the guidelines that we want you to follow for eating, your body is going to change in a wonderful way. You just just do your thing. you know. So I would say, as a general rule, under-promise and over-deliver because sadly, whether it's CrossFit or so many others, just things... So many people come in talking a big game and they realize they talked too big of a game or the timeline was unrealistic or whatever it happened to be. And then they start walking it back and walking it back. And that's yeah. also is going to affect your long-term credibility. So just slow roll. You're all, you're yeah. all good. Yeah. My only kind of bone to pick with that is I, I just, I'm, I want to be careful with that phrase under promise, you know, and only because I think you tempered it really nicely, but I do think that sometimes when somebody walks in as the new person, they have a tendency to undervalue themselves at times. Oh, sure, and especially sure. if you're new to the environment and new to the profession, 
I think it's an easy situation to kind of be aw shucks about your skill set. And that's not doing anybody any favors either. So just make sure that under promising doesn't translate into, well, I don't really understand my worth or my value. That's Absolutely, not good either. Yeah. No, so would, just, just watch that. Um, yeah, potentially but, one of those deals where uh, you could get in your, get in your head a bit, uh, get exactly. in over yeah. your head, I should say, a little bit. If you are the new coach, the new skill set showing up, you know, and you want to make a good impression, and then somebody goes, ah, do you want to coach the um, Olympic lifting class at 5 p.m.? And you're a brand new coach. Everyone's, you know, one rep max snatch. You need another set of eyes in there. If you're not good at that, you're like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll get in there and tune everybody up. <laughs> that's, no, don't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> understand your limitations. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's <laughs> not totally, going to go yeah. well. Yep. So, yep. Um, well, then the, oh, hold on. The, ne the next one that I had was um, it, it really, again, I think this applies broadly regardless of what your profession is, but particularly when it comes to coaching and so coaching something as broad as CrossFit. Uh, number one, and this, it really doesn't matter if you're stepping into a new situation, if you're a new coach, old coach, whatever. Um, I think it's very, very important to remain curious. There's so much to explore out there and there's so many different ways of approaching things. I think it's a really good idea to take a look at what's going on and say, huh, what's this all about? Let me dig in. Let me get to the bottom of this. Why is this approach taken that's different than mine? Uh, and, and enter into that with, without judgment initially and try to remain curious and, and uh, you know, open to that sort of thing. Now, the tempering to that is you also have to develop a really strong sense personally about what is and is not going to make the cut for what you choose to adopt mm, into your mm -hmm. own personal style. So why, and maybe that comes first, you, you have to develop this, okay, why would I include something? What would make me say, yes, this new thing that I've encountered, I should grab that and run with it versus, you know what? I checked it out and it wasn't really useful for what I need out of this methodology or this, this movement or this coaching approach. Um, so Again, you know, what's the saying? It's like you, you, your mind's so open, your brain fell out. You can't fall down. You <laughs> I can't like that. fall down I don't that think I've road. Heard that. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't go the other way either and be so dogmatic that when something truly effective or useful or unique that you haven't thought of comes down the road, that you just knee jerk, wa wash it away. That's not good either. So, yeah, cu stay, remain curious, but develop enough of a personal philosophy that helps you sift through and make decisions as to why or why not to include something. Nice. Okay. That, that's, that's excellent. And what I'm going off of right now, I started with just some, some side talk. What I'm going off of now is a 10 point list Ooh. that I sent to somebody because somebody asked me for it in 2016. So that was mm. like you know, eight, eight, nine years ago. Pat, and how could that possibly be relevant today? There's no right. way that these exactly. types of things hold up. It has, no. to be, has to be totally rewritten every uh, you know, 18 months. So. And, and number one was under-promise and over-deliver. Number eight, yeah. which I will, I will just mention because you just said it, but I won't discuss it later, is be open-minded, which is just mm -hmm. what you just said about be curious, You know, not to the point of now we're just so wishy-washy that we're just always floating from one thing to another, but, but be right. open-minded and we almost could make a whole show about this, but it would be like a, a, a philosophy show and not a, a CrossFit show. But that one simple statement is another thing that I personally think is just so hard for human beings and myself included. And, and, it, and it's, it circles back to something you said earlier, which was, you know, if you don't know something, 
let people let people know that. And and in order mm-hmm. to do that, you have to be um, open minded and and willing to admit things and secure in yourself and have some integrity. Like there's a lot of other things that are linked into your ability to admit that you don't know something, and then be open minded to other ideas because being open minded to something else means you have to be willing to take whatever it is you've been holding near and dear to your heart for a while and discard it as potentially inferior to whatever you're about to hear. And people don't like, they like to know that they yeah, got the right stuff. They got the right yeah. stuff. You're not going to change my mind. I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. And to be sure. open-minded, it's again, easier said than done. So, okay. The next thing I have, super simple. Again, maybe it should go without saying, be on time. Mm. Showing up to a new place, make an impression, yep. be on time. And then I wrote, AKA, a little early. <laughs> yep. To me personally, is what on time means. If the five o'clock class starts at five o'clock, you shouldn't be walking in at five o'clock with a Starbucks in your hand. That's not what we're looking for, um, unless you're amazing. <laughs> you can say, yeah. pull that off, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I would be on time, aka a little early. And what I could tie into that was the next thing on my list, which is be prepared. So not only mm-hmm. should you be on time, but whatever your responsibilities happen to have been, if you were going to create the warm up, if you were whatever it is, you're already you already did it. You're showing up on time, aka early, and you are 100% prepared when you walk in because it's go time. That will treat you very well in a, in any environment, new environment, old like every, everybody should be doing that period in my humble opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I think it signals a lot of things, you know, it signals that you're taking it seriously. It signals that it's worth the time for you to invest. It signals to the members that, you know, this is just the way we operate. It's on time. It's a well-polished production. Um, And it's leading from the front. Yeah. And it's leading from the front in the sense that it's like, hey, look, you know, you guys have invested enough as far as your personal money and time and placed the responsibility of your personal fitness in this facility, that's a lot of trust, you know, that's reciprocated by me showing up and doing the job well that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and yeah, so it, it signals so many things to do just that one simple step. I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple more on the list here. Of, uh, do you have any more? Or should I just bulletize these off? Well, I, why don't you shoot first and then we'll, okay. we'll see where we end up? Because okay. I, I, I have a suspicion that we may overlap <laughs> okay. a little bit. You know, um, Let's see here. A couple of them you've asked. What I'll do, I'm going to do right now, I'm going to just read the list down one to 10. And if there's one okay. we like, we can just grab on it. But number one, under promise, over deliver. Number two, be on time, aka a little early. Number three, be prepared. Number four, if things change, inform people. Mm. Number oh, five. Man, let's park there for a second. <laughs> okay. That is that is such a life lesson with Pat Sherwood right there. I love that because how simple it simple. Well, that's the thing, is just how simple that is, and by extension, how effective that is. And I cannot tell you how many times <laughs> in my life that somebody just letting you know that the situation is different than what you expected would have changed everything. And it doesn't take much. All it takes is just a little bit of awareness to say, hey, you know what? I should probably put this out there. Oh man, that is such a huge one. I uh, I, I can't emphasize that one enough. That's a great, great call right there. And, and regardless if it's something large or small, 
yep. whether you're going to be 15 minutes late, well, let somebody know or, mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be, the timelines changed, it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just, yep. If things change and they frequently do because life is yep. messy. Yep. Just let, let people know. Number five, simple as it is, offer solutions. That's number five. <laughs> people love uh, to just talk about whatever the problem is. If everyone's ta- if most people are well aware of what the problem is. It doesn't need to be reiterated a different way, yep. explained really. We gotcha. Everyone can really focus on a problem. What the heck is the solution <laughs> to figure out what it is? That's what's going to be meaningful and impactful. I don't so. know, man. I take it back. I think the best way to make a first impression is just walk in and push up your glasses and be like, well, your problem here is you got a crappy squat. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Go, go around, help some folks, offer solutions. Uh, you yep. touched on this one, uh, which is number six. If it's not clear, ask questions. Yep. You know, and that, again, should go without saying. And my caveat to that is, you know, do the mental exercise first to see if you can figure it out before you start just digging in on whoever is in charge. Uh, Because chances are, if you put a couple of minutes of thought behind it, you could probably figure out how they arrived at that point. And then you've, yes. you've got that clarity. It's, uh, it's, it's already solved. So just take, a, take pause before you start digging in there. That's another one that we could run around with. Just be a self-starter a little bit, right? Like, mm-hmm. did, did, yep. you, did you attempt with even 5% effort to figure it out before you came yep. over for the easy solution to ask somebody else? I mean, how many times has somebody at work asked you something or emailed you something that you had to do the same thing they had to do, which is put it into Google and figure it out. It's like, did you mm-hmm. even do this? Are you just asking me to do it for you? Like, yeah. you give me, come on. So, and, and you, hey, there's plenty of situations where you do that. You do the mental exercise. And you're like, man, I just can't, I can't rationalize this. I don't get it. Absolutely. Hey, no problem. Well, then that's the time to, to go forward and, and have that conversation. And, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's potentially a very sophomoric and juvenile um, thing to do to somebody, but, but also quite satisfying is, you know, if you, maybe if you have this person who routinely comes up to you, you know, they're not putting any effort to it in any way, shape or form. Before you ask, answer the question, you could ask them like, hey, no problem, happy to give you the solution, but how did you try to figure this out first? That way we won't, du- <laughs> we won't, we won't duplicate our efforts. And they're like, yeah, oh, exactly. Um, it just kind of the old didn't. Uno reverse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, let's see. If it's not clear, ask questions. Number seven, surround yourself with smart people. And this is another thing that I think um, I didn't do well younger in my younger days either because mm. it, it's all wrapped into ego and humility and everybody wants to be the top smarty dog. in the room, top yep. dog in yep. the room. It's like if you're always top dog, Chances are you're not getting better. Like you want to be Amen. in the mix mm-hmm. and have people around you who are are better than you at at whatever that is smarter than you, more fiscally responsible, better athletes, whatever mm-hmm. it's like you're trying to pursue. If you're at the peak, you're not getting pushed. You're not learning most. Yep. I mean, again, you can always learn from people, but if you are having to exert some serious effort each time that you're in an environment because you're not the top dog and you're looking to keep up. I just feel that your learning and your advancement will be light years ahead than if the roles are reversed. So I would recommend surrounding yeah. yourself with smart people. Yeah. And, you know, I got two thoughts on that. There's that old uh, stoic saying, I can't remember who said it, 
one of the old Stoics. Uh, it's basically, you know, it's really hard to learn something that you think you already know. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. Yeah. So yes, that's, that's makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And then um, secondarily, you know, understand that you are stepping into a team environment. Um, if you have a job that, you know, okay, you were a coach, now you're going to be moving across uh, the country to a different part of the world, mm-hmm. so to speak. You're going to be stepping into this new role. Yeah, the day-to-day is going to be the same, but there is going to be a team dynamic there that's really important to foster and preserve and, and to cultivate. So understand that it's not just about you. There is a team atmosphere that's really going to make or break the success of not just you, but everybody else that's there. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Number eight you touched on was be open-minded. So we got that. Uh, number not nine. Not too open-minded, just enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's limits. <laughs> good luck walking that line. Not, not every idea is a good idea. <laughs> and you'll know it when you hear it. Uh, uh, number nine is actually a quote from the comedian Steve Martin, but it's mm. one that I really like. I, I only want to hear it if you're going to play the banjo at the same time. But, oh, uh, I wish I was that talented. I can't, I can't do that for you. But it's basically, be so good they can't ignore you. Yeah. And that's great. And I tell my kids that all, all the time, whether they're looking to whatever make a basketball team or all that and kids can get caught up and you know they get the latest pair of jordans it's going to make some sort of a difference and i'm like if if it doesn't matter what you're wearing out there in the court buddy if you are so good that no one in the stands or the coaching staff can ignore what you're doing you're going to get the recognition that you deserve you know so if you're doing the right things and conducting yourself in the appropriate manner and you're eager to learn and you're caring i mean you're going to be doing all those things those efforts will not go ignored. Those are going to be warmly received. That's the difference, I think, that you really have to be careful about with a statement like that is kind of the tail end of what you said there, where it's not so much that being so good that nobody can ignore you is, I know everything, Mm -hmm. I'm the best coach in the room, I have the biggest depth of knowledge. That's not necessarily it, but it's all those other little things that add up. I'm the most professional or the most professional that I can possibly be. Mm -hmm. I'm the most prepared that I can be. I'm the one that has the the most genuine curiosity when I can't figure something out. I'm the one that wants to dig in and solve the problems when they pop up instead of just getting frustrated by them. Those are the types of things that are really going to set you apart even if you don't have the answers or the solutions right away, that's a very clear indicator to whoever's in charge or whoever you're working with that like, wow, this person is serious about what they're doing. And, you know, there's only one way to go and that's to continue to get better with that kind of attitude. You mentioned something which isn't on my list, but I'll have to, I may have to add, add it to the list. I think it's profoundly important, which is you mentioned problems. And I also do think it's a very unique and a really wonderful person to have around is the sort of person who voluntarily confronts problems because mm, yeah, wow. there's, and, and the key word there mm-hmm. being voluntarily, there's going to be no shortage of problems on planet yeah. earth in your life at work, like life, not to be pessimistic. I'm not being pessimistic, but like, you know, life is just a series of problems. And if you think <laughs> that you're going to be happy when your life is problem free, you're never going to be happy because something's going to crop up. So that one of the best things that you can do is develop the attitude of, I, I'm the sort of person that I voluntarily go into these challenges, these problems, you know, with the right attitude to try to, to solve them and, and then move the whole team forward. And it's not this miserable, frustrating, complaining the whole time, because I'm here to tell you, 
there's another problem right around the corner. It could be small or it could be small and just a nuisance or it could be big, but it just, you know, it kind of what it is. And we all know those people that they're just cool, calm and collected. They're almost like mm. unflappable. They're great to have around whatever's happening. They make the situation better, even a difficult situation. Those are incredibly powerful people. So striving as hard as it is to be that sort of a person, doesn't matter if you're a trainer or you work in IT, you're going to be a cherished asset to the team. I can mm-hmm. tell you that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think one of the uh, biggest steps to problem solving is just not adding to the problem. And if you, <laughs> and so if you have uh, a person yes. that you're working with, and you both are in this situation that's you know difficult to resolve for whatever reason, and that person is adding fuel to the fire by being unnecessarily negative, or they just can't get in the headspace to think, how are we going to get out of this situation, et cetera. I mean, now you're just doing double time to try to manage them and yep. figure out the, the base situation. So yeah, that's a, that's a really, really big one. And I'll add one more layer of nuance to that, that it's kind of cheesy, but I stole it from a movie many years ago, and I can't remember the name of it now. It's a, I think it's an old Guy Ritchie movie. Um, anyway, Somebody will tell me in the comments, but uh, I'm intrigued. Th- it, it was uh, uh, there's no problems, there's just situations. There, and so, yes. if you start to approach things that way, I mean, it's a little bit cheesy, but if yep. you approach things that way, we're like, okay, yeah, conflict, like you said, it's going to arise. Things are not going to go to plan. That's just the way life is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get it in your mind that, like, you know, there's always going to be a way forward, maybe it's not the same way that I had thought it was going to be, but we can figure out the next step. It's just a situation that's going to unfold a little bit differently than the first situation. If you can kind of get in that mindset, it makes it a lot easier to uh, kind of release your uh, grip on what you thought the outcome was supposed to be. Man, I'll, I'm on a slight, there's only one left on the list here, but I'm on a okay. slight quick story that I think is related, popped into my head okay. about, about but somebody I, I, who... Let me just interject and say oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a good thing that we didn't decide to make this about like hardcore coaching techniques because we're getting way, <laughs> way off into uh, you know, some being, tangents here. But being this, this sort of person <laughs> that when, when, stress, when a stressful, monstrous situation pops up, and they do, yeah. are you that person that makes it even worse or calms it down a bit. And one that I can think of right off the bat, an individual, you know him as well as I do, by the name of Charlie Doobie. Oh, so, fantastic human being. Great human being. You know, he runs yep. a Hamilton Road Productions, like a media company. And so he has been in my ear as the producer on many a live broadcast that I've been when, when the camera's been clicked on. And that in and of itself is just, it's a stressful endeavor. Like there's a lot of people, especially back in the truck, flipping switches, trying to make everything. It, there's a ton of stress. And meltdowns and screaming and yelling are somewhat commonplace in that industry, as crazy as it is. Mm. And so there you are you know, on camera, if you happen to be one of the people on camera, you're conducting your business. And then in your ear, you're having this other person talk to you while you're talking to somebody else. And that person can either be adding stress to the situation (laughs) or removing stress from the situation. Mm. And most people add stress. I've had it where the person in my ear, you hear something go wrong in the truck and you just hear a series of vulgarities and swear words that would make a sailor proud screaming at the top of your lungs while you're trying to do business. It's horrible. And I had a similar situation happen with Charlie in my ear. I heard in my ear, the truck meltdown, like in the background was (laughs) chaos. I don't know what happened. And I was used to 
This person's about to scream obscenities in my ear. And Charlie, with chaos behind him, as cool as the cucumber, he just in my head goes, hey, Pat, we got a little glitch here in the truck, and I'm going to sign off for a moment. I'll, I'll be right back when things are good. And that was it. <laughs> in, I in love the, it. In the coolest voice where I know his hair was on fire. I know that it was. Mm -hmm. I talked to him afterwards. And then about 90 seconds later, he came back on. He goes, okay, everything's back online now. How you doing? And just, that was it. And I was like, Doesn't man. Doesn't miss a beat. I was like, man, I've had that same experience with other people yeah. in my ear. And it, it makes my job terrible. And then the same problem popped up. And the person conducted themselves in a different manner. And it was night and day, night and day. So anyway, mm -hmm. be that person, because I tell you what, you cherish them when you find them. They're great. So yeah, for um, sure. And, and it's, that's a skill like anything else. I mean, I think people a lot of times chalk up response to situations like that as being a personality trait. And, and maybe the base of it is, you know, like certainly you can't change how you're going to react in the instant. But once that moment has passed, you know, you can absolutely develop the skill set to kind of center yourself and rationalize your way forward, uh, mm -hmm. or, or at least, you know, be perceptive enough to figure out what the appropriate next steps are going to be. That That is something you can work on and develop. So it doesn't have to be an innate thing. So this last one, I don't think that we've hit this before, but, but stop me if we did. I think we hit something close to it. We talked about if you don't know something or don't understand something, certainly be open mm -hmm. to asking questions and finding out what the true answer is. This other one that I have, the final one, number 10, is ask for help when you need it. So this isn't necessarily yeah. that you don't know something, but maybe you bit off more than you can chew. Maybe yep. you took on some responsibilities or whatever it was that you thought you were up to the task and you're learning now that you're drowning. Don't continue to unnecessarily drown just because you agreed to do it, because that ends poorly for everyone. Mm -hmm. Be open, be honest, explain to people what are what's going on and seek, ask for help if you need help. Again, it's another thing that you know, I still struggle with to this day, um, but definitely when I was younger, for sure, got to do it all on my own. Nobody needs mm -hmm. to help me. I got all the, um, no, no, that, that's not a good long-term play. Yeah, man, that one, that one hits me right in the feels too, Pat. I, uh, <laughs> I struggle with that one also. And, and again, you know, more so when I was younger, for sure. It's like, no, 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 I'll just keep piling it on until you, you know, you break. drop the ball. Yep. Uh, or the outcome is just kind of unsatisfactory. It's, you know, when it could have easily been way better if you just would have had the humility to, to stop and ask. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a big one. And Again, if we go back to this idea that you are stepping into a team dynamic, whether mm -hmm. that's the team uh, of you and the other coaching staff or the team of you and the people that you're um, leading throughout the class or the personal training or whatever it is, like that, that team environment is sensitive to your own shortcomings. And so, again, if you are so hard-headed that you're going to take things on until you break, that's going to be a turnoff for a lot of people and they're going to start to pick up on the fact that you're burned out yeah, that you're not as effective as you were, you know, it's, it's not a good road to go down. And it does undermine that team dynamic, even if you don't see it at first. So yeah, better to nip it in the bud and reach out. And it's a stressful way to live. If you are drowning <laughs> yeah. in work or drowning yeah. responsibilities or trying to, it's just, it's going to catch up with you. And then it's going to mm -hmm. be really tough to care about all the people in you like everything just spirals. So yeah, yeah. 
that's that's good. Well, I think we uh, <laughs> I think we took a, a wonderful journey on the show here. <laughs> yeah, let, well, let me wrap it up by saying, yeah. all right, the technical end of things. Go back through the level one manual. <laughs> Just read that again. Keep it on the breakfast table, and every day when you're uh, having your coffee in the morning. Just skim through a section again, you yeah. know, get really, really bulletproof with your movement progressions. I mean, those are the things we didn't spend as much time talking about, but it does make a huge difference. And I think it's interesting that we didn't choose to talk so much there because, you know, to me, it illustrates how much more goes into the personal dynamics of being a really effective coach versus just the routine technical knowledge, which of course is important, but that's something that over a time and with enough exposure, you'll get that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, make sure that's in the mix, uh, but don't over-prioritize it and think that that's the only thing that's going to matter. Well, Rich, that was an excellent question. And yeah, it's, definitely. And, and, and I, I hope that the advice or lessons learned or you know things that Boz and I have done wrong and now we know how to do better. <laughs> that I, I hope it will help people not only in the fitness industry, but like I said, I think there's a lot of transference to just other industries, sure. life in general, how I feel you should conduct yourself as a human being, just all that kind of stuff. So, And in the comments, as we always say, I'm sure there are plenty of people who were new coaches and now they've been there for a while. Let us know. What would you add to this list? Are we off the track with some of these things again more minds are are better in tackling these problems if you want to help the show as i mentioned the last couple times we've got some really cool uh, vnr cycles that you can hopefully benefit your fitness with body weight on ramp programs dumbbell on ramps get your first strict pull up muscle up handstand push up things for your barbell lifts really cool stuff so you can check those out those are programs.btwb.com slash vnr and if that's too much to remember if you go to youtube you go to the show that link is in the episode notes so just click on that and it'll be there for you so as always appreciate all of you whether you're watching or listening we really thank you for being along this journey with us for adrian bosman i'm pat sherwood and we'll see you next time